Hello and welcome to another episode of the Microbiome Research X podcast. I am Adar Sandu, an editor of the MRX website, where details of the podcasts are posted. The MRX site also includes the latest news, views and research highlights on microbiome research in Japan and globally. Our guest today is Chun Jung Guo. CJ is an assistant professor at the Jill Roberts Institute for Research in Inflammatory Bowel Disease at Whale Cornell Medicine in New York. CJ was one of the two finalists in the 2020 first annual NOSTA and Science Microbiome Prize for his work on modulating microbiome metabolites in vivo. Links to details about the prize-winning essay and his research can be found on the MRX website. So CJ, thank you for joining us for this episode of the MRX podcast. Can I start by asking you for an overview of your research, what you do, why you do it, how you do it? And so uh, I would like to give a, like a, a background overview, overview of my research and from three different perspectives. Well, the first question we are trying to address is what we study, right? And so we are actually studying the microbiome, the gut microbiome, is basically all the microorganisms uh, living inside the human gut. And we focus more on the, uh, on the bacteria side, so we study all the, actually, the bacteria living in the gut. And uh, the reason we are studying this is because there are a lot of studies uh, before us that have already shown there are very important associations between the microbiome composition uh, and uh, you know, their gene expression and their metabolic outputs have a very strong association between and these, and these uh, molecular features uh, with human diseases. So, uh, so, what we, uh, so what is our approach? And the basic scheme of our research is we, we would like to use the uh, genetics tool or genetic approaches to modulate the microbiota gene and then use these tools to, uh, to, to uh, change the gene expression and to downregulate or upregulate the metabolites this gut microbiome produces and test how this metabolites matter effect on the downstream host biology. So to be more specific, uh, for example, we are very interested in the molecular mechanism behind the microbe-host interaction by, uh, by interested in developing new genetic tools for the group of Clostridia gut bacteria that are uh, very abundant in human gut, but are notoriously difficult to be genetic manipulated. And we're also looking to, uh, we're trying to use these tools, especially the uh, Clostridia genetics to modulate, you know, uh, metabolites produced by this group of bacteria in the host. And then we'll test these, uh, these engineered bacteria in different uh, mouse models like germ-free mouse model, or uh, some of the disease mouse model like a DSS-induced colitis to test how this metabolites might have effect on the host biology. And what specific diseases are you attempting to cure with uh, the results of this research? And there are three types of disease we're uh, we quite interested in. Uh, and the first disease is... Uh, um, of course, uh, I, you, know, you know, I'm in the uh, Institute of Research uh, in Inflammatory Bowel Disease, the Joe Robust Institute for Research in the IBD. So one of the diseases I'm very interested in the inflammatory bowel disease uh, is because there are, there are many associated studies show the metabolites produced by the gut microbiome, like uh, butyrate, uh, propionate, the low shorting fatty acids, they actually alleviate uh, host inflammation uh, in, in the IBD patients. So that's one disease. The second type of disease we are very interested in uh, uh, is the metabolic disease, 
like the uh, diabetes. So we have some uh, we have some preliminary data to show there are enzyme or metabolites encoded in the gut microbiome actually have an effect on the host glucose homeostasis, as well as the you know the insulin release and the serotonin release. And the third type of disease we're interested in those uh, are those. Uh, Amino acids, uh, there are certain genetic diseases that are uh, associated with the more, uh, more metabolism or more functional metabolizing amino acids. So actually in those type of disease, and we think that uh, by engineering the gut, uh, gut bacteria, we have a chance to actually uh, provide a cure for those diseases. Uh, those although are genetic disease, uh, that genetic deficiency in human beings, but I think engineering the gut bacteria, we have a chance to provide an alternative cure for those diseases as well. I see. And do you expect the research that you're doing to yield ideas for drugs and therapeutics, for example, using the byproducts produced by the gut microorganisms that you're studying? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I think, uh, it, I think uh, from our research and many other previous public literature, I think there are probably two, you know, two potential applications of these uh, bacteria and metabolites uh, and to, to, to use uh, to treat a uh, human disease. The first one is the, uh, just the pure metabolite released by this bacteria, right? We identify a one bioactive metabolite. It could be a short-chain fatty acid. It could be some other metabolite like branch short-chain fatty acids. So we can uh, directly administer this metabolite produced by the gut microbiome, like those traditional uh, small molecule drugs. We can just directly give human beings and perhaps uh, uh, these metabolites might, uh, might have a therapeutic effect. And the other type of uh, application that I'm thinking about is actually you can engineer these gut bacteria as a living therapeutics. Uh, so they are, uh, so it's, it's not only the, uh, this, in this type of uh, application, the gut bacteria is more like a, a engineered uh, microbes or more like a prebiotics that a lot of people are quite familiar with. So we can directly administer this gut commensal that have isolated from human beings, are healthy human beings and have no negative air on the host biology, we can actually engineer this gut bacteria and let them have certain type of therapeutic effects and we can give human beings these uh, engineered gut bacteria and see whether they will achieve therapeutic effects. And you have a timeline in mind for uh, achieving these results to actually apply some of the basic research you're thinking about? Uh, I think uh, for us, uh, we, are, uh, we are currently focusing on developing genetic tools for, uh, uh, in the Clostridia bacteria. I think, and to, be, and to be more realistic, I think probably in the next four or five years, we might see some of the engineered Clostridia or some other engineered gut bacteria that have a, a, a therapeutic effects in human beings. But there are already reported literature of other type of bacteria that shows modul modulary or uh, therapeutic effects in some uh, some very human disease already. So at least in my group, I expect to see uh, a product like that in a, a product like that in the next three or four years. And what about industrial involvement in metabolites for uh, potential drug applications? Are you aware of uh, startups and companies in the U.S. or other parts of the world who may be um, pushing to produce products? Yeah, I think for the uh, for the current uh, for the current microbiome industry in the U.S., there are actually a lot of uh, startup companies that are uh, uh, that actually are uh, flushing recently uh, in the U United States. Uh, what I'm pretty sure that some of them actually invested in the isolating the gut bacteria 
and try to determine the a healthy composition and the composition of a healthy human gut and see perhaps some of the uh, uh, some of the isolated gut microbes uh, might be helpful or beneficial to human beings. And I also know that there are some other companies that are investing in the microbiome metabolites, the, the pure metabolites produced by these gut microbes as well. Um, there is a company I know, it's called Synlogic. They're actually trying to develop the, uh, the engineered E. coli as a synthetic biology tool, trying to cure some of the uh, genetic deficient disease like the uh, phenylketonuria, that's kind of disease, that's a metabolic a disease uh, uh, that, that is, is a more function of a phenylalanine uh, uh, in the human body. So I think there are, uh, the, we already see some of the company actually working on, uh, you know, trying to develop in both ways, the, the pure uh, metabolize or the engineered gut bacteria. I want to go back slightly and ask, um, why did you get involved in this area of research? Why the microbiome? Uh, actually, I think, yeah, uh, I, uh, this went back to a very early uh, career of my stage. So uh, I always have an interest in the microorganisms, uh, you know, the small uh, organisms living on different parts of the earth, uh, in the sea, in the land. So my PhD, uh, actually, uh, my PhD thesis actually focused on studying the fungal secondary metabolism in Dr. Clay Wong's lab at USC. So at that time, uh, when, I, when I thought of this microorganism, I always thought, uh, always, um, Thought of the, uh, saw them uh, as, a, as a source of those uh, biopharmaceutical uh, druggable small molecules. They produce a lot of antibiotics, uh, immunosuppressive metabolites like penicillin or cyclosporin. I always saw them in that way. But then uh, after I graduated from USC, I had a chance to meet with my uh, postdoc mentor. I, I, I think it was um, the talk went, uh, went great. Right? After our conversation, I was, he invited me to show there are actually a huge number of bacteria that not only live in the sea, but actually living in the gut. And they could directly impact host biology, uh, not in the traditional way we think of them, we think them as. So, you know, just, re, uh, just to produce the small metab druggable metabolites, we isolated them, we produce them in large quantity, and we, uh, and we give them to patients, but they actually directly affect human life or human biology when they, are reside, uh, when they reside in the human gut. And it's actually from that time point, I became very interested in the microbiome field, and that's how I decided to, do, uh, to conduct research on the microbiome. I'm going to move on slightly now to the uh, Noster and Science Microbiome Prize and start by asking why you decided to apply for this prize. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it's, a, it's a great prize for, uh, prize for sure. So I think there are uh, three major reasons that make me decide to apply for this prize. The first reason is uh, it's a very simple one. So I look through uh, I look through their eligibility criteria and um, I, I make sure that you know they're looking for the uh, the pioneer and young investigator in the microbiome field and they have a certain you know age uh, age limit. So I look into that. I, uh, I know that I'm I'm a qualified applicant for this prize. So that's the first reason. The second reason, uh, they, you know, is that both Noster and Science are prestigious in the field. So I think that's, uh, that, um, that combination makes this price even more promising and even more prestigious. And the third reason is by that time when I, uh, when I was looking at the pricing for, uh, the, uh, they mentioned that I can actually publish my essay. I got the award. I can, actually, uh, I, I can um, publish my essay in the Science Magazine. And I think that would be a great opportunity for people to understand the research I'm doing in my lab and how I 
and perceive the field of high, uh, high uh, you know, how I perceive my own research. So I think this is a great way for other people to know what I'm doing in the lab. So those are the three reasons I think um, that's why I applied uh, for the Northern Science Microbiome Prize. And what was your approach to actually putting the essay together? What process did you use to write it and, and, and submit it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not easy one because um, uh, it, it, it is also a typical uh, way of, of my writing habit. Right? I, I'm not trained as a native speaker or native writer of English. So, uh, so the first thing, uh, not only for this essay, but many other, you know, uh, grants or applications or manuscript, the first thing I would do is I would like to design the logic flow of my essay, like uh, how I want to present the logic, uh, how the logic flows. Uh, I would like to uh, have those pieces ready when I actually start writing something. Then, uh, you know, when I, uh, for example, when I start the first graph, uh, first paragraph, how do I, uh, what do I want to say in that first graph, uh, first paragraph? What do I have to see in the second paragraph? And there are how many sentences I want to have in that paragraph? And what does each sentence tell, you know, tell a person? Or, uh, what does each sentence say? So once I have that logic flow set up, then I would, you know, I choose uh, probably a couple of days. And then I would just follow that flow and write down uh, everything I can think of. Um, and I doesn't care about the grammar or the word choices at the beginning because I know that I have a long time to you know, work on those later. So I just try to make the logic flow uh, looks good and smooth uh, smoothly. And then I will spend days and sometimes weeks uh, to craft my grammar and words. And, and I would also invite my friend colleagues and, and my wife sometimes to read the, uh, to read the uh, essay. And then uh, I hear their opinions and also change if necessary. And it took me, actually it took me weeks for me to finalize the IC to have a final version today. And what was your reaction when you were told that you were one of the finalists? I was surprised and I was very happy for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I know this is um, this this prize must be very competitive and I feel very fortunate to, you know, hear the good news from, from the Farm Northern Science. And would you recommend people to apply for next year's prize uh, based on your experience of putting the essay together which must be time consuming and also writing for a very wide audience can be very challenging yeah i agree i i would recommend if you are if you think you are qualified for the prize i would recommend you i strongly recommend you apply for it because uh, this would be a great way for people to know your science and this would also be a, a great way for you to sort out your science and present your science to probably some of the lay audiences um, that, you know, that are not in the field. So uh, in both ways, I think there will be a great opportunity. And uh, if you're qualified for it, I think you should go for it. And is that definitely worth to spend those, you know, a couple of weeks in finishing, uh, in writing and finishing this essay? I want to another topic. As you may know, uh, Nosta um, is keen to find therapeutic applications for the huge library of... Um, gut microorganisms they have. Um, I'm wondering, in your case, what challenges lie ahead for you to achieve some of the goals for uh, applications related to therapeutics and drugs? Uh, that's a great question. And first, I will, uh, I'm very happy, I feel very happy that, that both Nostra and I share the same concept in the microbiome research. I'm actually very interested in applying the microbiome. It could be a product, it could be a technology to the therapeutic field. And so far, I think uh, one of the biggest bottleneck in the field is actually 
and the molecular mechanism behind the microbe host interaction. And I think the field actually a lot of um, pioneer investigators actually moving toward that direction. Um, because there are a lot of association, a lot of composition studies that have shown, you know, the different composition of gut microbiome might be associated with a disease like IBD and cancer. And there, you know, their gene expression can be assessed using some of the uh, meta sequencing and technologies. So you can see like probably a, a group of genes that are had expressed in the human beings might be beneficial for, uh, for people uh, and might have, and might lower their cancer rates. You, you might see studies like this and they are all beautiful studies. But the bottleneck I, I would like to see is like the currently the, the limitation in the field is that how do you move forward? You see this association, you observe this difference. Then the next question I wanna ask is actually, is this a pure association, right? Just like you see the differences, they have no connection, they're just pure association. I, it could be a very strong causal relationship. Is that actually you, you, and then that goes to the question as actually how you test these uh, association in the host. Um, and so what we are interested in is actually, uh, like I mentioned before, is, uh, is also part of our long-term goal is to develop genetic tools in the gut microbes. So that actually provide us opportunities to modulate the gene expression as well as these microbial metabolites in the host. And this would, would provide a very great opportunity to test these association in the vivo. For example, we can actually toggle on and off the production of well metabolites uh, in the germ-free mice. And then we'll see that when you bring down the production of this germ-free mice, you actually see a quite uh, beneficial or elevating effect in the host. So this is actually uh, what we're currently working on. But uh, uh, as I mentioned before, um, when you think about the gut microbiome, it's a composition of uh, many different kinds, uh, many different species of gut microbiome. There are perhaps thousands of different gut microbiome uh, gut microbes just in a healthy human gut. And over, it has been estimated that over 95% of them are genetically intractable uh, and they are non-model microorganisms. So we have no idea how we actually introduce uh, extragenous genome DNA into these microbes and let alone to manipulate our genes. So actually, uh, we are actually trying to develop, develop technology, trying to solve this uh, bottleneck and trying to uh, you know, in the later status, apply this uh, engineer technique to different kinds of microbes. But for now, we're focusing on a, a very specific group of microbes called Clostridium bacteria. So these are, uh, so these bacteria are quite abundant in healthy human gut, but the, their, uh, their genetic tools are quite limited. So that's the focus of, of our lab right now. Great, thanks a lot, CJ, that was a uh wonderful introduction to what you're doing and please stay in touch and we look forward to hearing more about developments in your lab. Thank you. This concludes this episode of the Microbiome Research Podcast. Further information about the podcast is available on the Microbiome Research X website. On behalf of the editors of the MRX website, thank you for joining us and we look forward to your company again.